10 days thin, actually suddenly I was hopping out of bed, looking forward to the next day, getting on the mat because it was just somehow working on, well, mind and body. I was starting to notice differences, just subtle ones in how I was thinking. I was starting to notice that things I couldn't do on day one were getting easier on day 10. And I think that happens to quite a few of my clients as well. They say at some point, maybe after half a dozen sessions, that something clicks and instead of them feeling like they need to do yoga, which most people approach it with, yeah. something changes and they want to do yoga. And that is that beautiful thing that happens and it happened to me. And from that point on, I was just, I was hooked. I was hooked. I never looked back. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Stimming Stories. I'm your host, Claire Oldham-West. I'm so glad that you're back here to listen on this beautiful, beautiful September day. And is it September that you're now listening to this? I've had quite a few new listeners that are going right back to the beginning. I think one lady said that she was on episode two of the podcast. Wherever you are listening to this, and whatever time of the year it is, I'm just sending you a lovely welcome. And I've got a great guest lined up for today. And I just want you to imagine this, if you will, eating takeout food, not once a week or twice a week, but every day, every day choosing takeout food and then realising that actually this wasn't serving you well. Now, Susie Kay is this week's guest and she found herself having a conversation around how her food was affecting her mental health, how she was experiencing days that she just wanted to get out of bed. The job at the time was really stressful. So while the takeout food seemed to provide a solution to a stressful, busy day, it was having the total opposite effect. And this was actually causing Susie's ill health because the nutrition that we need to fuel our bodies simply was not within Susie's diet. And the great thing about today's episode is that Susie was able to discover yoga and this wasn't something that she did within her 20s or 30s. Susie was actually within her 40s when she discovered yoga and she found that she was able to, to really reflect and find a peace within herself within yoga. So much so that she's actually able to get out of bed in the morning and practice yoga. And this was something that was really difficult for Susie actually getting out of bed and allow Susie just to reveal all of that journey to you, all of that story. And, you know, the, the great thing is she was in her 40s. And if you go over to her Instagram, you'll see all the positions that she can get into within yoga. And she, she just looks a picture of health. She really, really does. And I just know this will inspire you. I don't believe that we've ever covered yoga in the podcast so far. It's something that my friends do. It's something that I've heard people talk about. But Susie was so committed to, to yoga and how this has transformed her life that she decided to, to retrain and become a yoga teacher. Is introducing Susie to her episode of Simming Stories. Enjoy. Welcome, Susie. Hello. I would just like to say to start with, I am absolutely delighted to be here. Oh, it's, um, it's exciting to be uh, be chatting to you this morning. 
Oh, thank you so much, Susie. And you know, Susie is so, she's so lovely, so warm and so generous in, in what she offers the world. And that's why I wanted to get Susie on. And, and Susie's a, a yoga, a yoga instructor. And I just felt that, you know, coming out of lockdown and we, we easing our way back into some sort of normal life, however, however normal looks to you. And I just wanted to bring Susie on just to bring a different insight, I guess, into fitness, yoga, into mindfulness, and just to have that talk around mindfulness and around what yoga can do within your life. And I just want to start by asking you, Susie, just talk us through, you know, your love for yoga. I'd just like to know where this all started from, where you decided to to really get into the mindfulness piece with yoga, with fitness, and how this has helped you. So I just want to go back in time to how you found yourself looking at your life and thinking that you needed to do something different. So I would say that yoga wasn't where I was planning on going with my life. I was I was working extremely hard. I had done for a lot of years and I was working long hours, which meant that often, well, (laughs) more often than not, I was finishing work. I didn't feel like I had time to go to a supermarket. I was exhausted when I got home. And so we were living on takeaway. Am I allowed to say that we lived on takeaway for seven nights a week for a lot of time? Um, Just rotated. So between pizza and Chinese and Indian and fish and chips, that was our life. And we'd managed to get away with it. Managed to get away with it all the way through my 30s and into my 40s. And then I was completely reaching the point of burnout. I probably should have burnt out a few years before, but I got to the point where I was just, I was crying in the street. I was just so exhausted. And also I'd started to notice that I put on about two stone in weight, which while it might not be hugely significant, it was something that I felt at this age, I need to start looking at how I'm living. And so I started to ask questions. I asked questions of friends, anybody who had any knowledge of food. I didn't know how to cook. I didn't have any kitchen utensils. I didn't have a chopping board. Wow. I managed to get That's why I should be ashamed to say that. I lived, lived into my 40s without a chopping board. But... Um, yeah, I got some great advice from friends on just starting to look and pay a bit more attention to the way I was living my life. The other thing I found so incredibly hard was getting out of bed in the morning. Mm. I'm telling you this because the transformation that has happened over the last eight years is absolutely incredible in fact i think my family probably think i've been abducted by aliens and replaced by <laughs> another it's really significant so yeah trying to get out of bed in the morning it was the most painful experience to me especially in the winter months i'd feel like so anxious there were sometimes tears i used to set my alarm clock half an hour fast so that it had an eight at the beginning because the thought of getting up with a seven at the beginning was just too much so I had these little tricks that kind of tried to help. 
now I'm on the yoga mat at half past six every morning. So that gives you an idea of what happened. But one of my friends, in amongst this trying to investigate better ways of eating, better ways of living, she'd just done a 30-day yoga challenge and she said, have you thought about yoga? And I was like, no. Well, I did a class maybe 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. I somehow got into an advanced yoga class and was very much out of my depth and ruled it out. I was like, I can't do yoga not flexible enough and now I hear that all the time as a yoga teacher from people so I've lived that experience and I can kind of reassure that you don't need any of what you think you need to do yoga. So yeah I was so determined and so desperate might be a better word to change my situation to get more energy to live a better healthier life that I took her up on the offer and hit the yoga mat for 30 days. Just listening to what you've said there from going to struggling to get out of bed to committing to to this challenge but like you said you know you, you felt desperate and being able to commit something especially around mindfulness and fitness that isn't maybe for those that want to go for that major run, although, you know, yoga can complement that. It's good to be able to really connect to that, to that ability that you're going to reach out and this thing is going to help. And I'm so glad that you had the friend that really, really helped you. So when you say that you really struggled to get out of bed in the morning, was that a struggle thinking, oh my God, I've got my day job, was it a struggle thinking, I just don't want to put my foot on the ground? What was that struggle? It was getting up to go to work. Obviously, I was at the point of exhaustion anyway, but also the job was really stressful. And I think there was such a pain of actually stepping out of bed and getting ready to go to work that I'd leave it to the very last possible minute so everything had to be like really condensed so that it got from bed to work in the shortest possible time so that I could have as much time asleep as physically possible. But once I looked at my life I realised that the only time to do yoga would be to get up earlier. So part of taking up the 30-day challenge was that I had no choice other than to get out of bed earlier. And yoga doesn't kind of take hold instantly. It takes a short while and then things start to click and you begin to just begin to move in a different way, start to think in a different way. And getting out of bed to do yoga was so much easier than getting out of bed to go to work. And what happens was you get out of bed for yoga and just drift into the day in a much calmer way, in a much more centered way, in a much more balanced way. And then work just happened. And so I found a peace with that start of the day as well. What was that shift? What happened to make you think that, okay, I'm tired, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this? Um, and just tell us and walk us through this this 30-day challenge and the changes that happened throughout that. 
So the starting point was me really digging in. And if I take something on, I'm the kind of person who will commit and take a deep breath and go, I'm not missing a day I'm going to do this journey because it is a journey it's an adventure it's it's like it's well it's the most amazing journey into finding about yourself and about your situation but basically to start with the first few days well quite a few days to be honest the first few days I had to really dig in and when I commit to something I was like, this is only 30 days of my life. I can do this. I can get myself out of bed and get on my yoga mat. And so it was difficult. It was a real mindset, digging in kind of activity. And maybe 10 days in, actually, suddenly I was hopping out of bed, looking forward to the next day, getting on the mat, because it was just somehow working on well mind and body I was starting to notice differences just subtle ones in how I was thinking I was starting to notice that things I couldn't do on day one were getting easier on day 10 and I think that happens to quite a few of my clients as well they say at some point maybe after half a dozen sessions that something clicks and instead of them feeling like they need to do yoga which most people approach it with something changes and they want to do yoga and that is that beautiful thing that happens and it happened to me and from that point on I was just I was hooked I was hooked I never looked back (laughs) obviously I'm a yoga teacher now (laughs) (laughs) and that's fantastic that having this life where you're dreading to go to work and the job was really stressful to now fall in line with the thing that really lit you up in the morning that, that helped you to, to start your day. And for people that maybe have the excess weight, for people that don't feel, I guess, particularly mobile, where where is the place to start? Because, you know, all over Insta, you see these beautiful photos, don't you? These people doing these, I'm going to try and impress, impress my listeners now knowing about yoga, but, you know, these like, is it sun salutation? and things with the the gorgeous you know horizon in the background but you know I live (laughs) I live in Nottingham so where where do I start doing doing yoga and where do I get into that that frame of mind where I think actually I can get into some of these positions so what I would say is that whatever your preconceptions are about yoga and yes Instagram is full of beautiful pictures because people want to kind of show all of these shapes they want to show their flexibility they want to show their strength I will say that I am now in my 50s I should probably not admit to that but I can balance on my hands I can get one foot behind my head but it is actually so much more than that and you don't have to do any of those things to start with you don't ever have to do any of those things ever it's more of finding a peace so anybody can do yoga that is where I would start for anybody who is maybe slightly less mobile or has knee issues because everybody looks at the mat and says oh maybe I can't get down there maybe I'm not bending enough maybe etc etc so I 
started teaching some of my ladies on a chair because then they had knee issues, maybe arthritis, and they just didn't want to get up and down off the floor. So I also am qualified as a chair yoga teacher, and that just opens the doors even further. I believe anybody at all can do a yoga practice and bring more movement into life, bring a peacefulness, learn how to breathe. Most of the population actually don't get the full benefits of breath. And I think just sitting on a mat and breathing for 10 minutes is such a transformational process. And like you talk about the mindfulness, being able to draw in from a really busy mind, from a to-do list, from running about after other people and just find a really profound sense of peace, and connection and the strength the flexibility the balance all of those amazing things that happen to the body over time i would say they happen tenfold to the inner world so strength obviously it can apply to the physical but it can also apply to like an inner strength uh, balance the same these words are multi multi-purpose they're kind of physical but they're also emotional so finding a balance finding a centering finding a grounding can happen physically but also emotionally and mentally so it's, it can be whatever you want it to be as well i do one-to-one yoga coaching and that is a beautiful way to experience yoga for the first time especially if you're a bit nervous you don't need to go to a class if you come to a yoga coaching session, it's one-on-one and I can tailor a session around exactly how you feel. If anything is hurting, anything is stiff, or maybe you're a bit frazzled, or maybe you're feeling exhausted, I can make yoga to fit your situation on any given day. And that is the beautiful way of starting a yoga journey, which is proving to be, um, yeah, I just, I love it. I would. I could talk about your girl day. I will let you <laughs> pass back to you. I'm quite, I'm quite happy for you to do that. And <laughs> and I think I think it's lovely that you've you've discovered this joy of yoga and then you're able to do that as, as your day job and you you're working with clients doing the thing that you love to do. And just to touch on that, you know, the mindful piece, as a therapist, it's quite common within the realm of therapy that the issue is never the issue. So people mm-hmm that have excess weight to lose it's never around food most people in fact that do follow a diet the the educational piece is all is already there they're feeding an emotion it's things that's going on you know behind the scenes of the the stage it's not the stage performance it's the things that are going on behind the scenes and and with yoga and any any mindfulness practice and really understanding breath work and the ability to calm your physiology to affect mm-hmm. your breath is so, so important. I could talk all day about breath work. I can't tell you how, how important that is. And, and now working with clients within hypnotherapy and using breath work within the hypnotherapy process, especially talking to the subconscious mind to really ingrain that breath work is so, so powerful. So if you just want to talk us through the, the breathwork practice 
that you would do with a with a client who, like you said, is has a busy mind? Because I, I do believe that most people listening to this podcast are, are working towards a, a weight loss journey and, and a fitness journey. Maybe coming from a place where they find themselves, whether it be in a group setting or in a gym, and they've had like a, this crazy busy week or this pr- crazy busy day. And then they find themselves and it's almost like they just sat there and it's almost like a relief in itself just to be sat and not actually actually doing anything. So how would you work with a client that has a busy mind just to really allow them to centre themselves? So before I answer that one, I was just going to touch on the actual power of deep breathing and slowing the breath down. I think that is where the deep sense of peace and calm and connection comes from because you're essentially calming the nervous system as you start to deepen the breath. And a non-scientific study happened when I did my first aid training. Um, the, we were taught that if you're with a casualty and they haven't taken a breath in six seconds, then you're in an emergency situation. There was two yoga teachers on that course and our breathing pattern, it's normal to have 10 breaths a minute or 10, 15, 20 breaths a minute is kind of your average normal rate. But the yoga teachers, the two of us, we only take about six breaths a minute. So our count needed to be 10 to wait for a breath. Now, by slowing the heart rate down, by slowing the nervous system down. There's some scientific studies out there that say this can add to longevity. So I'll just throw that one in, that there is actually some physical science that says that starting to work with the breath can be incredibly transformative. On a practical level, what I would do to start with is just get somebody to come into a comfortable seated position. They look at Instagram and think you've got to be in fancy cross-legged shapes or have a yoga mat even, but actually just for the breath work, I would say sitting on a couch or anywhere that's comfortable on a chair, trying to sit up nice and tall. So trying to send the shoulders up and back and down and just to open up through the front of the chest can really start to allow that sense of expansion just in itself. So picking the shoulders up, popping them further down the back I'll admit that that's not easy for everybody we're so used to being on our mobile phones that we've become fairly rounded in the front of the shoulders so just opening up through the chest allowing more air to come into the lungs and then I would say to notice the breath so closing the eyes or just softening the gaze looking down past the knees or wherever you are and maybe bringing a hand up onto the chest maybe one just in front of the navel on the belly and just start to pay attention to where the breath is in the body at any given time. If you're stressed out, you have a busy day or you're in a rush, then the breath is likely very high up in the chest. So just becoming aware of where it is is the perfect starting point to actually being able to gradually change that. So if the breath is high up in the chest, I would say to imagine that you have a balloon in your tummy and see if you can make the balloon inflate with the breath. So actually starting to drop it further down using the diaphragm to breathe in and out. 
Now, again, that sometimes takes a bit of practice. These things don't necessarily come naturally. So there's also the experience of letting go of frustration, letting go of any expectation, letting go of a goal and just experiencing the experience. So we're also used to pulling everything in. We live our lives as well as females, imagining that we have to keep this belly pulled in the whole time. But actually in yoga, we free it up and we allow the belly to come forward because that's where we're going to breathe into. So as we breathe in, the belly presses out and as we exhale, slight contraction. So imagining we're pulling it in for that favorite dress of ours, but just gently. So and then breathing, seeing if you can allow the hand to move forward. So we're not using the hand to press in and out. We're just seeing if we can move the hand with the breath and that in time allows the breath to start to deepen. Even just noticing the breath can elongate it. And then we might add a count. So we're breathing in for five. And then we're pausing and then breathing out maybe for five. But it might start with two and it might progress to seven. So it's a journey. It's an adventure and it's an exploration of what's going on inside. So yeah. you might be feeling a little bit calmer. <sighs> just by noticing the breath. Absolutely. And it's almost like forming a toolkit, isn't it, to be able to give to somebody to say, right, okay, practice this breath work. And then at, yeah. at the point that maybe you're finding yourself either really stressed or if you do suffer from anxiety at the point where maybe you are having panic attacks, it's something that you can use. And I would say that this breath work is something that has allowed me to stop taking medication I wasn't taking the medication for a long time but because I was having panic attacks in a time that was quite quite difficult well, it was very difficult I'm not going to lie <laughs> you don't just have a panic attack because you're living the best life and, and, and everything's rosy are you it was a it was a really tricky time that I was very triggered by something that happened in the past and all of a sudden I found that I was having these really I wouldn't even say that it was an intrusive thought I was having these particular periods or episodes where I would get into a state of panic and I would have to take myself out of the room from my family and go into another room and really just centre myself and just focus on the breath and I'm not going to say this is easy for somebody that suffers with panic attacks because for me it wasn't but it was something that I knew that if I was in a state of panic if if I found my breath just taking you know just getting out of control if I found myself that my breath was getting out of control, that I would focus on my breath, focus on my breathing. And literally I got it to, to knowing that within a minute that I will be able to control that panic attack. This works. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to get Susie on just to have the deep conversation around mindfulness, around, you know, what things like yoga can bring, because it's not just getting on a mat with your, your, your best like yoga pants on with your trendy yoga pants on contorting all, all these moves although Susie I mean to be fair she's a god at this there's so much more that's involved there's so much more around mindfulness around breath work and if you're listening today thinking breath work what the hell is that then this is something that both Susie and I can help you with I think as well knowing that you've got a, a toolkit like breath work that's at your side that when you do find yourself in need of it you just have to reach for it and it's there isn't it and that in a way relieves the panic too because you know that 
if if you're in a state of panic you can reach for that toolkit you can try the breath work and it will it will work for you yeah i do call it a yoga toolkit that you build up over time um and yes you are absolutely right yoga breathing is through the nose so it's inhaling and out uh, exhaling through the nose and there is actually physiological things that go on there by breathing in through the nose we're getting the oxygen up into the brain and there's also it releases chemicals it triggers the vagus nerve so without getting too technical and that's what takes away the fight and flight um, nervous system response so it feels good but it is also actually working um, on a very physical level to calm the other thing that i find really beneficial is the grounding we learn to notice the feet we learn to notice our connection to this earth that we walk on and i find that just standing and really feeling grounded and centered has been one of the huge benefits for when we're in a state of, and I'm not saying it makes you superhuman because I am still human and I still do have days when things get a bit a bit stressful and my thoughts are a bit random but it is that beautiful ability to know that there are solutions there are things you can do and I stand feel the feet really notice on a deep level Notice where the weight is, is in the toes, in the heels, and just imagine that you're leaving the most perfect footprints on a beach. So that level of connection to self, to physical, mental and emotional is, is the greatest gift, I think, in these busy times that we live in. So we, we all need a bit of calm and a bit of, a bit of centering. I'm not sure if that answers yeah. the question, but... Absolutely, that's totally answered the question. And... And just touching on the the imagination and when you spoke about being on the beach, being really centred, I've released a hypnotherapy audio track all around using your imagination and the power of hypnotherapy and deep meditation just to take you to a place of, of deep relaxation. And that will be in the show notes for anybody that's interested that can download that and listen to that. So for anybody listening that is feeling a little bit of overwhelm whether it's feeling anxious or anything like that you can click on the link in the show notes and listen to that it's a free downloadable audio and I can't stress the importance of actually taking time for yourself and I don't mean necessarily having a bath well that is that is lovely you know lighting candles all of that is good but I mean really taking time for yourself to really center yourself and this is what what Susie is talking about with yoga having that time where you can really center yourself and both Susie and I do meditation so where mine is based around hypnotherapy Susie is based around the yoga and, and taking people to a place of relaxation and I've noticed times in my life where the time that I've taken to take time for myself I'm just finding myself numbing out on on my phone or on Netflix or doing something that I feel that at the time I felt that that was like some sort of self-care well actually I'm, I'm just numbing out I'm not that time is so different isn't it compared to being in a state of 
of meditation or or really taking time just to, to, to nurture ourselves I guess yeah especially in the evening I would say it is that temptation to sit in front of the tv or be on a device and actually what that's doing is it's stimulating the brain it's bringing in that is it blue lights that you get from from the devices so if you're finding that you're struggling to sleep then it's probably linked to all of these stimulus that is happening even though you think you're switching off. Whereas um, doing a yoga practice, just coming into the now is just finding that place where you can just be and the hypnotherapy, the mindfulness, the guided relaxation that I do that's self-care, that's stepping away from everything that's going on and just giving yourself some time. I've also noticed that apart from sleeping better, if you do the practice, it's almost like the rest of your life kind of irons out, the bumps get less dramatic. So you actually move through life in a calmer way and you can see more chances to change direction. So I'm going to use the word discipline, but that has a negative connotation, I think, with a lot of people. But I think yoga teaches you a control and a discipline in moving. So I teach wellness through kindness in moving in a calm and gentle way. But the shapes in yoga that we work towards and the balancing and all of those physical elements teach us control over our reactions, teach us control over our habits, teach us discipline in eating better, or actually just forgiving ourselves. So taking mm. away that sense of, if I've had a chocolate bar, it's okay. Just living in a more peaceful fashion, taking away any kind of self-judgment, self-punishment, it takes away frustration. It's, it's so difficult to explain, but it is life-changing, and that probably sounds maybe a bit too dramatic, but it just starts to infiltrate into all areas of life, and it is the most perfect way to, to be kind and to find that self-care. I also um, do one per single person one hour retreat sessions where you do get to light candles or fairy lights bring cushions and blankets spray a little bit of your favorite perfume into the room and settle down for some gentle movements some gentle stretching no experience required of course for that some breath work i also sing some mantras for calming and taking away negative energy i'm a singer as well um taking away negative energy we do some acupressure techniques we do some self-massage we do some lymphatic drainage so all of these little add-ons that just take somebody out of their life for an hour to find the most kind of beautiful sense of release and making somebody feel extra special i think that brings me so much joy to, to yeah. actually give that to somebody and leave it a lovely place. And I think, yeah, definitely you're the person to go to. If you want to feel 
extra special. I just think the the way that you're able to to hold somebody in that space and and give them that that focus. And I know that people listening. I know we've had we've had Kim on the show before talking about everything we will. I know this might be well. I just want to go and watch Netflix. What's she talking about? Lymphatic drainage <laughs> and and meditation. You know, I've said it before. You've got to try it. Just like you know, when I talk about doing the couch 5k and and how that feels if if you're a runner and maybe you started off doing the couch to 5k just think about how you felt before you downloaded the app and just think about yourself talk around running about I can't do it why do people run it's crazy but what how can people feel passionate about running just think about that conversation and then just apply that to yoga and mindfulness because it's exactly the same as a case of Susan's had this busy life she's had this feeling of anxiety of not wanting to get out of bed she's had all of those feelings that often a lot of people do when they have an issue with the weight and now she's experienced this this new way of living with yoga and just like with running you know it's a case that you've you've got to try it it's that same old same old conversation don't knock it till you've tried it and it's literally that just you know just give it a go just just try it and see if this is something that can really work for you and Susie is available on Instagram so if you've got any questions that maybe this podcast interview has, has brought up then please go over have a chat with Susie she's really approachable what's your Instagram handle Susie? It's Araya underscore yoga so Araya is spelled A-R-E-Y-A so R-Y-A Araya underscore yoga I would say that some of those words, you don't actually have to know what any of those words mean that I was talking about. Uh, I make yoga a very practical, everyday, down-to-earth situation. So you just need to bring an open heart and an open mind and a sense of wanting to discover. So in being inquisitive, I think, is the key. You don't need anything more than that to start a practice. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I just feel like when I speak to Susie, it's like a mythical creature, you know, like Lord of the Rings. What's the lady on Lord of the Rings with the pointy ears? And she just kind of like <laughs> floats in and floats out. I just feel like you're this like mythical creature. You're just so lovely and warm. And I know that anybody that's listened to today's episode will just feel, might even feel calmer just listening to your voice. I just think you've got this presence around you of, of being calm and relaxed. And I'm so pleased that you've found something has really helped you back in the day when you felt burnt out and exhausted and especially a lady that you know experiences in the 40s and you're now in your 50s and like you said you're able to put your your foot behind your head I mean that is a that is a talent Susan I'm not gonna lie that's a talent and I've seen you on that poll and I know the the moves that you can now get into and the fact that you you've found this this ability to keep fit and you know have this mental resilience it, it's truly it's truly a gift and, and thank you so much for, for coming on the show and, and sharing that that with us today thank you so much Susie it's been an absolute pleasure so uh, yeah so lovely to talk to you and we are both working just to allow people to feel really special in their own bodies and I think above all that is such a great gift to offer out into the world so I thank you as well for that. If you've been listening to this episode and you've you've come through lockdown and all that negativity and maybe the negativity's not shifted, maybe you're still feeling a little bit anxious, 
wherever you're finding your mind at right now, I would just like you to consider this as something that you could look into and explore. You know, Susie does these amazing retreats, online retreats, where she can sit with you within a group setting or on a one-to-one and really help you just to calm, calm your mind down and allow you that time, gift you that time just to be still and just to just be mindful of the life that you're leading and stillness can really help if you're feeling anxiety, if you're feeling like you're on the edge, if you feel that you're on a breaking point. And it might be that, you know, you've not got a mountain of problems. It might be simply that your job is weighing on your mind and you, you know, you're so fast, you're in that rat race and you just don't take any time, any time to switch off. And I remember that when I was in corporate UK, that often working a working week was never nine to five. And the, there's often pressures on people within within the UK when they're working or all over the world that, you know, you paid a salary. And then when you get paid a salary, when you when you step away from the hourly rate, when you're paid a salary, it's almost like they own you <laughs> and you feel committed to, you know, to getting the job done, especially when you're in, in management and it's, it's a case of, you know, if you don't do it, then it doesn't get done. So I'd love you to go and check out Susie's website. I'll put all the links in the show notes. And there's also a link to the retreats that she offers. She really is joyful. And when I mentioned that she was like a mythical character, she's just so, you know, she's so lovely. She's so warm. She's so down to earth. And this is just an option for you to consider. If you've never looked into yoga, if you've never tried it, then this is something that Susie can offer. Not only does she offer yoga, I feel that what Susie brings to the table is the fact that anybody can do the yoga that she offers. You know, you don't have to be on the floor on a mat. You can be in a chair. So it's not so physically demanding maybe going into like, hot, is it hot pod yoga? I want to call it hot pod yoga. I'm not sure if that's right or not. But it's not so physically demanding as having to get down on the mat. I know I've, I've had problems with my knees before and I know at, at times I wouldn't have been able to do that. So being in a chair, you know, if maybe you've got a bad back or something like this. This is something that she can adapt. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's episode. Thank you so much for coming along. And yeah, it's near the, the two year anniversary for the podcast. And I'm very excited at the moment. I, I pick up the keys for my new office on on Friday of next week. So there's lots happening. It's very busy. And I know this podcast is, is a little bit late for those that listen every week. Uh, but there's a reason for that. And yeah, I'll, um, I'll fill you in more. I'll fill you in more. Thank you so much for joining me. If you've not yet subscribed, if you are new to the podcast, please hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's on iTunes, Spotify or Podbean. That will really help me climb the podcast charts. So until next time, have a great week ahead and take care.